This is the final whistle on All-Ireland Final Weekend for Eastkeys Hurlers, Crow Park and Ballygiblin of Cork await on Saturday at 5. And on this programme, we'll bring you the story of Eastkeys run to the National Decider. It's not the first time the West Ligo Club has been here. Three years ago, the club's footballers reached the All-Ireland Junior Final. They lost that decider. Can the hurlers go one better? It's a sea blue final whistle on Ocean FM. There's more to Eastkey than just great surf. And you're welcome to the first final whistle of 2023. We're on 083 3500 530 by WhatsApp and text if you want to get in touch. This is Austin O'Callaghan. At Ocean FM Sport is the Twitter handle. Right, sing it, PJ. Because it's a long, long way from Miski up to Crocker. With all the great teams standing in your way We respect them and salute them For they fought so bravely too But the sea blue boys outshone them on the day And Carlos Moran and Scrooge, the Willie Lesson, Costa and Eastgate, The conditions were absolutely horrendous. How did you hurl through that? Oh, well, it wasn't really hurting. It was more just whoever wanted it more and the work rate and everything, basically. So you've seen lads missing shots that didn't put, up on, put over on any day. Just the hurl slipping out of the hands. But thank God we got out of the I doubt that there's anyone left in Eastgate. They're all here for this game. But they're on the attack through. Rory McHugh going through. Rory McHugh. A chance here for Eastgate. McHugh inside. Andy Kilcullen. Back in the net. Andy Kilcullen has found the net. Rory McHugh made the, made the score. Andrew Kilcullen found the net. Finian Cawley. And it's over the bar from Finian Cawley. Keep it low. Disaster turf from that goal. It'll bounce in somewhere. Low and find the net. Yes. He has found the net. He hit it low. He found the net. That's a goal from Rory McHugh. And it's all over. Eastkey have made the All-Ireland Final in the All-Ireland Club Junior Championship Final. They've made it. Eastkey have made it. They were football finalists a number of years ago. Now they're hurling finalists. A famous, famous win here. Pre-15 to 4-6. We needed to make this next step. And I really wanted that to happen and thanks be to God it has happened because that was the next part of the evolution of this team, yeah. The voice of Eastkey hurling manager Michael Gordon, he's got his team training out in that weather tonight in Longford, their final session before Saturday's All-Ireland Final. They're hardy men out west. We'll hear from some of them on this programme. Coming up, the manager on where this hurling revolution in West Ligo has come from and why being a dual club can work in harmony, where he says if there's a will, there's a way. Club chairperson Michael Conway is on the programme too. He'll explain to us what the run has meant for the local community. To get here, Eastkey completed the three in a row of Sligo County titles. They won their first Connacht title last November in that biblical weather at the Connacht GA Centre of Excellence in Bacon and now they're getting ready for their first All-Ireland 
hurling final. It's been some journey for the players. Let's hear from one of them. Bernard Feeney, the team captain, is a teacher by day, but hurler by birth. And there is a certain symmetry to how he fell in love with the small ball game. Here he is in conversation this week with Oshin Langan. The hurling journey, I suppose, for myself and a lot of us in the club would have started actually nearly in primary school in the indoor hurling competition. Um, just in our local area and in a scroll maybe and having a blitz type of format between ourselves and other local schools against each other. So that was the first early involvement, getting a hurling in your hand. And then I suppose as we started developing up and going to cool camps and stuff, and then Michael Gordon set up the, the underage set up in the, the group people can set up, I suppose the underage set up there and it's developed every year through. And again, we're, we're here today because of the, the, the amount of work and effort that's been put into these young people in the club. You know, we were brought away so many different places from Limerick to, to Prairie to Kilkenny to up in Antrim, different different days away with different groups. Um, you know, playing playing teams like Pilltown and down Taylor's down hospital uh, in Limerick. So there's a it's a it's a serious achievement to where we've gotten today because of the work that's been done years and years ago. How important were those trips? Because I guess maybe, and, and this is my theory, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. When you go to the, the traditional hurling counties, which like if you're from a club that's got to an All-Ireland final, you probably find that statement quite patronising. So my apologies if you do, but you see that they're just human and they're doing the same things that you're doing. Is, is that what you kind of learned from those trips? Yeah, it's like... It's not patronising. I suppose that's that's the norm. That that's that, that's the, the the thinking about in Sligo. But um, the, we were brought in them places because we to be shown what what the norm is and how to break the norm. I suppose traditionally, probably we're we're more of a football in area. But we were brought down to Kenny and and Galway many times in Galway to play to play different teams to like Glen Bridges and these to 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 see you're equally or if not better or in terms of these these teams you're playing against. Um, and we went down and we had to press down there at different ga- games uh, underage um, with failures and stuff. So we, we suppose we were shown that the norm can be what we want it to be. And when we were given the right, I suppose, help and advice from Michael and, and the people around in Saigo, it's it brought us to where we are now. And Michael has sacrificed an awful lot to actually spearhead this because I, I I actually think he he works in London doesn't I'm not sure if he still does but he's not actually based in Eastgate no no he's living he's living in London and, and creating over and back so a lot of a lot of his organizing is through WhatsApp and I suppose organizing things through through Brian our trainer and and getting involved with that way so it's a difficult task it was to what he's doing at the moment but he, he's, he's coping well and, and organizing things with the help of everybody in the club it's not just it's not just one person dictating. I suppose there's from the chairman to to Michael Conway to everyone in the club. There's there's someone even washing the jerseys that has to be organised. To you know after trainings, there's so much effort being put into caring for us and and you know getting making sure there's something to eat after travelling up for training or doing whatever it is. So you know it's a it is and I know it's a club effort like it really is. Do you see it as this crop of players' responsibility to make sure that? the kids that are coming through now fall in love with hurling like you did? Because you mentioned it there, the club lapsed for a while and it had to be resuscitated. You don't want that to happen again, I presume? No, naturally. And and the way it's looking at the moment, it, it's, it's, as I was saying earlier on, it's the, the, these young fellas, the likes of the, 
to James Weir and, and Rory McHugh and Andrew and these, these probably looked up to people in, in Kilkenny, the, the likes of those, and Kelly Henry Shefflins. And, and I suppose it was nice to hear when, when we were training with the young fellas that they're, they're, they're people they look towards is, is now the Rory McHugh and the Andrew Collins and the James Weir and the, the Nike Collins. They're, they're looking to the club as, as their heroes, I suppose, these young fellas that are, are, are showing them the way in which, you know, to enjoy the sport instead of looking maybe further afield in different counties. Iski is now known for hurling and surfing. So how have you not got Gizzy Ling involved? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I can't say that there's too many involved in the hurling in, in the club. I think Donald Hanley is the, is the only one. There might be one or two more of us. We're, uh, yeah. we're more suited to the ground uh, with the football and the hurling. Yeah. Uh, do you ever surf yourself? Or is it no, to leave that to the tourists? No, we leave that to the tourists. Yeah, we, we, uh, we leave that to the, the people to come. But yeah, and it's, it's a beautiful spot. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, and people come from Fairfield to, to come and try to, to surf around. It's, it's probably the best, one of the best in Ireland to surf in. How important is it to you that you do come from somewhere so special and so beautiful? Because I, I often wonder, do people who come from those kind of places, the likes of Eastkey, the likes of Dingle, the likes of uh, West Cork, do they take it for granted? How important is it that you don't do that? Uh, yeah, it's, that's a, it's a good question. It's uh, it's something that you're brought up with. I suppose we might be in the sea every day, even though there's a group of women, I suppose, actually, that, that have started to, to instill that in people. But it's um, it, when you're away and you don't hear the sound of the sea or you don't see the view to the sea, it's, you do, you miss it. It's it's the, the locality, the scenery around it. Like you can, from Eastkey Pitch, you see the Donegal Mountains straight across. You go down to the the Cayman um, on Eastkey, and you can see between Kalala, Sligo Town, and Donegal Hills. So, like, how could you not think that if you're if you're down, it's breathtaking, like the the scenery around. So, yeah, you'd, you'd miss it. Many people when they come back, they, they don't realise how much they miss it until they're back home. Be it in Australia, if you're coming from Australia or anywhere, like, yeah, an ancient beauty, and you're enjoying the ancient game, and you're good at it too. Um, Talk to me about your route to the AIB All Ireland final. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it started, I suppose, from when we won that that, that county final three in a row, and it was it was a, it was a tough game against Avon, but we performed very well that day, and that brought us into the the car game. We won comfortably that day, so we did. We, we were we were again on top, but we knew going into a county final that we were going to be up against tough opposition in Ballygar, but it was a unique setting where we had our trainers from Ballygar, Burning Healy, so not that we knew everything about them, but I suppose if you wanted to, to know as much as you can, we did. And it, it allowed us to, I suppose, it, the day the day itself was, was a terrible day, like the day for hurling, was, it wasn't really the day for hurling, it was more of a fight, I suppose, than, than, a, than a hurling game, but the lads were impeccable, that is, the amount of, like, the effort and work rate to put into it was it was huge and on that day like they came off that pitch wrecked but that 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 set us up for them one game to to an all and find against Kilburn in, in Louth and that uh, we probably didn't start the best that day with, with the goals the score was four six the score four six like so it's uh we had to do a good shooting to, to, to stop that and but there was never a doubt the second half I remember them coming in and scoring a goal you know, a, a good goal within a few minutes was the first second half, but we weren't dejected because straight away, 30 seconds later, Roy McHugh was in the back of the net. So when I think that went in, I, I knew we weren't letting this up. It was it was 
the, the route to, to, to get to the other and the final was there. But we took every game. We always have. Any game we play, it's always one game at a time. So be it in the, the round robin games in, in Sligo to, to play in, in your other and final. It's just you take every minute, every, every, every game as it comes. What are you expecting from Bally Giblin? Expecting a brilliant team to come out, and I suppose they they'd be expecting the same. They're not they're not there for two years in a row for no reason. They, they, you know the, the players have the Cotlamahanies and Marquine that they're they have a good good outfit there. So we're expecting them to bring everything to us, and we'll we'll do the same. And the Crow Park factor is. Is that is that a big deal? Is that something you're trying to minimise? But you know, there's no point because it is a bit. What way are you looking at that? What way are you talking about that? Like we can minimise it all we want, but it's still there. The, the, the fact of going out to Park and, and the 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 media around it, I suppose you want to say it that way. But we we've been there before with the football in in 2018 um, or 2019. So it's 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 not that long ago. We still remember it. Like we can still we can still know what to expect from that day. And a lot of our lads as well are involved with Sligo. They've, they've won Laurie Matters and Christy Rings there and the football last year in the, the Talton Cup. So Mikey Gordon and Ian Barrett was involved in that. So like we have a, we wouldn't say that we're the novices coming up here. Yes, naturally it's, it's going to be a big occasion, but we're hoping that our past experiences here will, will help us, I suppose, in that sense that we won't get bogged down by the day. And finally, you're teaching in Ballymoat. Are the kids full of questions? About oh, this run, or yeah, yeah, it's uh, wondering, asking when's next training, when you're going, they know more what's happening with myself here than they do. Then people in East Keener know what's happening with training. They're always asking questions and saying they're going up to the game and everything else. So it's a nice, it's a nice atmosphere around this moment between staff and, and and kids here in the school. So it's uh, it's enjoyable at the moment. Yeah, the, the run into the game is is nice. It certainly sounds like it. Eastkey hurling captain, Bernard Feeney, the teacher and the hurler. Well, to get a sense of the effect the team's run to this All-Ireland Club final has had on the wider community, here's the chairperson of Eastkey GAA Club, Michael Conway. It's been actually a couple of weeks. Um, uh, yeah, look, with Christmas falling between the semi-final and, uh, and the final coming up, and then, um, you know, time off the long captain. And... Look, the the support from uh, the Iski community and surrounding areas, and you know, from Iski people uh, abroad and, and even in different parts of Ireland, has has been amazing. And um, yeah, look, a lot of excitement, um, a lot of people talking about it, and um, yeah, can't wait for Saturday night at the stage. This is not completely new territory to Iski. Your footballers were here three years ago in 2019. It's a rare enough feat to do this in both codes? Uh, very rare, yeah. Um, I'm open to correction, but I think Clock uh, Ray and Galway and then Finbars and Cork um, have done it at senior level. Um, not <laughs> don't know with anyone else, but yeah, it's, it's rare and... and quite a overlap uh, in terms of players involved um, in, in both so look yeah I suppose people um, people remember 2019 and uh, um, you know excitement and the hype around that being, being there for the first time and um, even then we probably didn't be, expect to be back as quick <laughs> as we are this time 
And what do you think has been the key to getting back so quickly? Um, look, I suppose um, 2019 or there in the football, um, there's there was a couple of lads there involved that day that um, just went and, and took part in the warm-up and all that. I think Niall and, and Fiona Nono, even though they they, um, they were in their last year minor at the time or whatever, so they couldn't be listed on the panel. So, you know, they've been there and then, you know, your Joes and Roarings, Bernard, Dana, all of them, um, you know, played on the day. But they, they were quite young uh, and they're still quite young. And, um you know, there's, they've, they've had a good run um, in the County Ireland Championship since then, um, winning the last three and, uh, you know, being in the Connacht final last year. Um, I suppose disappointed with the performance, but, you know, um, the made amendments for that this year and beating Valley Guard. So, yeah, look, I suppose Pot is hard work. Um, you know, from from the lads themselves and from the management uh, over the years, has probably been the key, Austin. And you know, getting games uh, against good opposition outside of Sligo has 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 certainly helped as well. Um, you know, I know Turin are playing there after us on Saturday night, and the lads have played them regularly. And you know, um, you know, some of the goal routines and. In the Kukulin this year as well, played a, a good range of teams. So, you know, that, that has certainly helped as well. Do you find, Michael, that people in Eastkey and in the St. Farnham's communities who maybe aren't hurling fans of origin have been pulled into the hype around this game? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely been, um, that's been the case. Um, you know, um, look, everyone on the team, more or less, Aston is, is a dual player. They're, they're, they're playing you know, football either at uh, senior or junior level with St. Farnham's and, and, and at intermediate or junior level with us. And, um, you know, it's, I think, you know, the, you know, when there's good communication uh, be, between the managers involved and, you know, when we can get a fair schedule, it, it, it definitely complements each other to play, to play both. And yeah, likewise on the fan side and the supporters, um, you know, I think, you know, you see the same faces at a football match as you do at Ireland nearly at this stage now. I'm looking here, Michael, at Eastkey St. Farnan's um, crowdfunding page for this final, which went live after the semi-final win to help fundraise for the, you know, getting ready for the final and to make sure that no expenses spared for the team in being ready. You had a target of €15,000 for that. You're about to hit that this evening, it looks like. I see €100 Euro being pledged here in the last 25 minutes alone that must be that must be that must warm the cockles of the players hearts to see that sort of backup community wide behind them yeah definitely the, the thousand, or sorry the, the target was actually 10,000 and um, we, we did increase it slightly um, I know the other clubs that are involved as well on Saturday are, are fundraising in, in a similar way but yeah um, you know we're, we're probably you know the, the smallest club um, well, in fact, it would be a fairly small one there playing the football on Sunday in Turin. But yeah, look to to get such support in 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 a small community uh, is fantastic. I know the the players and, and and all involved with the team are 
are really, really uh, grateful for that support and, and, you know, appreciate it very much. Um, you know, look, at the times we're in, costumism and inflation and things like that, it's not easy, especially after Christmas as well. It's, you know, but to get such such great support is, is, is fantastic. And, you know, everyone, everyone is really appreciative of it. And we'll presume that on Saturday morning when we open the papers and the match predictions are, are read out or scanned in the sports supplements, most neutral commentators are probably going to plumb for the Cork team because it's a Cork team. Last year's beaten finalist, Bally Giblin. Will Eski pay any attention to that? Uh, no, they won't, but um, you're right. But more than that, that's going to be in the mall and probably expect to be in the mall. Look, they're, they're, they're a really good team. Um, you know, they're, they're being regrading and restructuring as a championships in court. So they've ended up in, in junior again and, and have won it again. Um, they've court footballers, they've court former court under 20 earlers on it, an AFL player as well. I think like they're, you know, they're stacked with talent. But, you know, I think if it was Ballygar that was coming up against them, you know, people, people mightn't be. Uh, right in Ballygare off as much and you know we beat them in the Connacht finals so um, look we'll give it our best shot um, if we perform to or the team perform to what they're capable of and um, leave everything out there and you know um, if that's good enough and hopefully it is good enough um, you know that'll get them when I think option but you know so long as we perform to what we're capable of and, and we're leaving Crow Park with no regrets. So I think that's, that's all we can, can hope for. That's Michael Conway, the chair of Eski GAA Club, ahead of this All-Ireland final. Let's hear from the man who has travelled more miles than perhaps anybody else connected with this team, the Bonnestor, Michael Gordon, who spends much of his working week in England, but then commutes home to organise training, matches and all that goes with preparing a championship winning club team. His two sons, Jimmy and Mikey, are on the team as well. This is Michael Gordon and his look back on the origins of this current Eski hurling side. Behind 12 years ago, we made a decision, three or four of us in the club, Tom Evans, myself, Corey Cannon and Enda Moylan kind of made a decision that it would be nice to have hurling available to the young lads and lassies hopefully down the track um, as alongside of football. We felt it was very lopsided with football and that sometimes it could be just, uh, you know, not well, well structured at times. Depending on the age groups, of course, and all the rest of it, and it could be sort of hit and miss. And we've also felt that, you know, that there was a want there for the hurling uh, alongside the football and so we introduced it and um, different dynamics, different things happened along the way that would have uh, helped to build it up. Um, for example, we were fortunate enough to receive a, a grant from the Sports Council of Ireland back in probably circa 2010 to put in a sports floor in a sports hall in a disused factory, which became a sports hall, which was an excellent facility for indoor hurling. And uh, it was an arena that kids really found to be an exciting place to come to because there was something we could do all year round. When I was growing up, when I think of Eski, I'd have thought about football and surfing. You know, you'd think Dermot Keevney, Fintan Feeney, Desi Sloyne. I mightn't have thought so much about hurling. Was that a misconception? Um, there, was, there was bits and pieces of hurling around Eski over the years, and different people from, we'd say, hurling fraternities had come to Eski 
to work and had made some inroads in promoting the game in Eski, but there was never any proper structures put around hurling. So you are correct to say that about football being the dominant force, simply because there was never any proper structures put around it um, before 10, 12 years ago. So yeah, football would have been the, the main game. And did it take long for people to buy into this hurling renaissance? Um, not particularly, no, because, um, uh, you know, the young, as I said to you uh, already, the indoor arena was a big thing for us at the beginning because it was somewhere we could bring kids, winter or summer, where they weren't getting wet, where their friends could come along. We had a viewing area as well where the parents could come. We were able to run indoor primary school competitions in this area as well. And the, the excitement was built up fairly quickly and a lot of the kids and the parents bought into that excitement and enjoyment. Yeah. If I was to signal the one biggest hurling transformation I've seen in Sligo as somebody who was a 1980s kid, when I was a young fella, there weren't hurlies really around my club in North Sligo. Today, you see hurls and slithers and helmets on the side of the pitch in just about every club in Sligo right now. It, it, has that been the key to get hurlies into kids' hands from a young age? Yes, of course. The, the idea is that you make it available and uh, you know that it doesn't become something that feels like a foreign object. It's natural, it's there, it's at the pitch. This is where I have a big uh, belief about the, the go games and the, um, the GPOs. I, I think that all those go games, you know, the under nines, under 11s, I think they should be dual, dual go games. I, and, for, and for boys and girls, I think this is something that uh, I hope Stiger County Board buy into this concept more. It's something I would love to sit down and have a chat with to about to Lee Oak because I really believe that this is the way forward where kids can come, they can do both, they can do either or they can do neither. But you're offering the choice and you're breaking it up for them so it's not monotonous and just the same old thing all the time and it really does uh, fill out the club. When you got these young Eski players together, you know, a small number of families, the Malloys, the Cawleys, the Gordons, etc., etc., the, the Weirs from St. Farnans, you went travelling with this young collection of players. Why did you do that? That's a good, very good question, Austin, and uh, that's something, again, that I always um, had an issue with, that from my own self, we say, growing up, and I know there was different times back then and that transport wasn't as ready, readily available and all the rest of it, but I'm talking about a time when we were probably in Celtic Tiger times and when that, that wasn't an issue. And I felt that kids needed exposure. And I felt in order for them to physically and mentally develop better, that they needed to be outside of their pocket. And, and particularly if I was to be growing hurling, it was pointless if I didn't bring them to hurling areas. And so that for a start off, they had a chance and an opportunity to see the level they needed to be at if they wanted to be a hurler. And we did go all over the country, effectively. We played in Kilkenny, we played in Limerick, we played in Tipperary, we played in Antrim, in Dublin, lots of times in Galway. We, yes, that was something that was very, we knew was very important to the whole, the whole gig. And how successful was that? Uh, immensely successful, Austin. I mean, if I was to say to you, for example, we went down to Tipperary one year to a fella, and we played uh, Owen Kelly's team, Mulnahone. And apart from playing Mullinahone and winning in Mullinahone, which we did, and to, to the surprise of the locals, but Owen Kelly, who was one of the very iconic figures of hurling at the time, Owen Kelly spent the whole day with those kids. Things like that, you, money can't buy that kind of stuff. So how important it was, it was, it was very important. Um, 
you know, we had a day in Kilkenny with the with the Kilkenny um, trainer at the time, Pat O'Neill. He spent the whole day with these kids. This is Brian Cody's right-hand man, spending a day with our kids. We had another day below in Ballyhill, in Ballyhill Shamrocks, where uh, where um, uh, TJ Reid and Henry Sheffer and all the lads came into the dressing room with our young lads after the game and had a chat with them. And, uh, you know, experiences like that, that just money can't buy. Joe Canning spent a week with the Mideski when they were kids, a full week of coaching. Joe came to uh, Langford last night to speak to the boys. He now lives in Limerick and he obviously had enough of fondness for those kids that he came to give them a talk last night, only last night in, in before our game with GMIT. You are clearly a very passionate hurling man, Michael, and the people you work with around you are as well. I suppose you're seen as a bit of a maybe a maverick in Sligo GA circles, and I'm sure that leads to occasional frank discussions, confrontations. But but you make no apology for that because you you you, you saw potential with hurling in Sligo. Am I right to say that? You're 100 percent correct, and I, I have no apologies to make to nobody. And um, because if you you know if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. That's as simple as that, and only a fool would wish for a different outcome. We have changed it up. There's no doubt about that. I am nobody could say to me about um, being uh, diehard hurling. Mikey plays football for Sligo. Jimmy plays hurling for Sligo. I'm very proud of the both of them. I'm very proud of that fact. I'm a big dual mantra man. This is where I'm coming from with this, and I just feel that for nothing changed in the stru- structurally for too long in Sligo, and now it's starting to change. Thank God. But we need to push this agenda a lot further on down the track. What does it mean to you and to people from Eski to see the club team in an All-Ireland hurling final at Crow Park? Well, again, Austin, if I have to say to you, I, to me personally, I think the fact that those lads are now going to go out and play in an All-Ireland club hurling final three years after having gone out and played in an All-Ireland club football final, that, that's to me is, is what I'm about and what I'm after and what I'm looking for. And I think that brings the point home to roost that it can be done and it is being done and we must continue to further advance this in all the clubs in Sligo when we go to Crow Park on Saturday playing an All-Ireland Club hurling final we're not just representing the people of Eastgate and St Fernands we're representing the people of all of Sligo we're very proud to do that we're very proud to work with Sligo hurling and with Sligo football and with all the official that's there and of course we feel that our voice also deserves to be listened to did you target this championship run or was it just about let's win Sligo and then we'll see what happens? No, there, there, there was a plan in place, Austin, yes. Um, because, you know, the boys themselves, they're young men now. I sometimes reference them as boys and excuse me for that because I sometimes forget. Of course, when you've worked with a group of lads all the way up from when they were kids, you, you still sometimes speak that way. But no, these guys are very responsible young men and... When I seen 15 of them, including the injured James, we were spending the whole year with Porrick Mannion and the Sligo Hurling set up and having the discipline to do that and to play at a very high level of Division 2 Hurling, getting to a Division 2 Hurling final with Sligo and staying competitive in the Christie Ring and maintaining their status in the Christie Ring. And I think we had 10 starters on that team. So when they came back from that run, we stood off it. We let them, and then Mikey and Ian Barrett and Shane Malloy came back from the very successful run that Shane had with Sligo in the 20s. So we stood off it completely. So give these boys a rest now. We had a very good coach there in Brian Healy from Ballygar. And um, so we, we stood the whole thing down for a while because to let the football progress, see where that went, and not to flog them. And then 
we picked it back up again mid-August, early September. And to keep the other lads going during the summer, we found this new Cucullin League that Martin Fogarty has introduced to be of great value so that other lads were getting game time during the week, yeah. Listen to you there, Michael. That, sounds, that, that flies in the face of maybe some misconceptions that there's a constant battle between hurling and Sligo. And I know there's always going to be, you know, difficulties in terms of scheduling and whatever. But what, what, what does occur to me is that there probably was a time not that long ago where Sligo people might not have been able to name too many county Sligo hurlers. They can now. If I say Andy Cacullen, people know exactly who we're talking about. If we mention James Ware, people know exactly who we're talking about. Rory McHugh, Mikey Gordon, etc. That's part of the sea change? Yeah, well, I suppose there's, there's two different uh, questions there as such. If, addressing the first one in relation to um, constantly being at battle, I've always said that there is, I would equate this to a husband and wife type situation where you have two professionals in the house and they're both determined that they're going to maintain their professions and at the same time raise their family. So obviously they have to work it out. And the same thing with the hurling and the football. I think where the hurling and the football is sitting side by side in the club is very, very extremely healthy because it keeps everybody on their toes. You have to work together and you have to work it out. And, you, and it can be done and we do it. The first thing I done when I took back over in charge this year, the hurling, was I went and I visited the manager of the football Eamon Sweeney, who would also be a personal friend of mine, and I sat down with him and I told him that we just work out everything, that there'd be no problems, and whenever he was doing football, we wouldn't be doing hurling and vice versa. And um, so it's, it's very doable. It's just a matter of people sitting down with each other and figuring things out. And yes, of course, um, in relation to the lads themselves now, yes, they are making a name for themselves nationally because, as I said, Austin, the likes of Joe McHugh, Rory McHugh, Andy, all these lads, Mikey, whoever. Um, too many to mention, actually. James Ware, um, Finney and Cawley, outstanding leaders. Um, yes, every time they go out to play, they're gaining more and more of a fan base because people can see exactly what these guys are about and that they're not one-time wonders. Yeah. So Eastkey and St. Farland's are the proof that football and hurling can be a happy marriage? Sure, once you go down the country, Ashton, if you go down, down anywhere down past Galway and even inside Galway, it's the norm. It's the, it's the absolute norm. Like that team that we're playing on Saturday week from Cork, Ballygiblin, every single one of those players are dual players. They play their football with Mitchell Sound and they play their hurling with Ballygiblin. I thought it was a half parish or something, but I was to find out from a Corkman that it's actually not. It's just they operate as Ballygiblin for hurling and Mitchell Sound football and they all play the both. Well, let's talk about this final. <laughs> the Sligo champions playing the Cork champions. There are Sligo people telling me this week that if you look at the odds for this game, it's a one-horse race. When people outside of the club hurling bubble see Cork champions against the Sligo champions in hurling at Croke Park, a foregone conclusion. When you hear that sort of commentary, do you get annoyed or do you just let it wash over your head? Well, for starters, I, I don't get annoyed. I, I get the opposite. I get happy because I'm a realist as well. And I always say to anybody, including all the lads, that in order to be recognised, you have to do it. You have to actually go and do it. And on Saturday week, we're under no illusions. We have to go and do it. No good in talking about it, or no good in saying how oh, we're the small boys. We're not. We know we have every confidence in our own ability. We believe totally in our system. We know that when the boys, when those lads go onto the field in Crow Park Saturday week, we know that they have been excellently prepared and that they have been prepared equally as good, if not better, than what any opposition that they'll be playing because we don't 
spare anything in preparation and we have got very, very good people involved in the coaching. Um, I have no control over the bookies, but in the fairness to the bookies, in order for us to be the favourites sometime down the future, we have to go and do the business on Saturday week, which we absolutely intend to do. Sligo's Connacht Hurling League match against Roscommon on Monday night. So a Sligo starting 15 made up entirely of Eski and St Farnan's players. That was an arrangement between the Sligo management and yourselves to give you, your guys a meaningful workout ahead of the All-Ireland Club final. I'm sure there was a collective gasp among some Eski supporters when Andy Kilcullen, one of your marquee players, went off injured. What is the latest on his injury? Yeah, well, I mean, Andy was carrying a slight injury into that match and um, he, he didn't do any damage on, on Monday night. He, we took him off at half-time because we felt he'd done enough and to basically give somebody else a chance and to, you know, leave him in the best shape for the, for the final. Andrew is fine. Andrew will be on his game on Saturday week, so there's no problems there. And yeah, we had a very good workout against Roscommon, very worthwhile, in a fantastic facility that is the, uh, the Dome in, in Valley Honest, yeah. Does he prefer Andy or Andrew? <laughs> a good question. But I, I suppose I would normally refer to him as Andy, and he hasn't barked back at me yet anyway, so I think he'd be happy enough with Andrew or Andy. I yeah. don't think he has too much of a preference. I don't know. <laughs> what impresses you most about this collection of players that you have? Um, Austin, their, their leadership qualities. I mean, there's so many leaders inside that group. They're such a serious bunch of young men. I have to say, and I say it to these lads, this is something that I say to themselves quite regular in the dressing room, that they will never be, and I believe this 100%, they will never be alongside a finer group of young men than what they are themselves. They are a fabulous bunch. They have excelled in their professional lives, in their personal lives, and in their sporting lives. These, it's just, we, are, we are lucky. We just got a really talented, exceptional bunch of lads coming through together at the one age with the oldest lad being 26 and the youngest being 21. So, you know, over a five-year span, these lads are coming through. So they're basically all going up together. And you touched on some of the sacrifices these players have made to be part of Eski as well as Sligo. You mentioned James Weir. I remember him captaining Sligo at Crow Park a few seasons back. He's had his troubles with injury, but he's worked hard, as so many other players have worked hard, to stay part of this. Give us a few examples of that. Oh, yeah, well, obviously, unfortunately, in sport, it does carry its risks as well. But as I says to some other reporter the other day, injuries are part and parcel of life in general, from a work point of view, from a social point of view, whatever, and you have to work your way back. James spent a long, hard, I think it was 13 or 14 months rehabbing from cruciate. Um, at the moment, we have uh, Daniel Ralston out, and that was didn't happen in sport. He was in a, in a car incident, and... Um, He's out at the moment, but thanks be to God he got through that. Um, and he's working very hard already. I see Daniel was there last night and he's, he's out and about on, on his crutches. He's had his cast removed, so he's working back to his health. But no, the sacrifices that these lads put in, I, I see the, the, um, the S&C work that they do um, you know, on their own. I, I think some of these lads, I see our own Mikey there, for example, and Jimmy, and they're, they're gymming it out pretty much every day. They constantly working on having to live a lifestyle that you know keeps them in that shape as well they have to watch what they eat and drink and everything but they do this is what i'm saying to you about these boys they're so disciplined and they're they're, they're, they're focused they're so focused on what they're doing that uh, it actually leaves our job quite easy from that point of view eastkey's footballers reached a crow park all on the final a few seasons ago now eastkey's hurlers are doing the same there aren't too many clubs 
in any county, in any province in Ireland who can lay claim to that sort of national experience? It's something we're very, very proud of, Austin. Obviously, we're extremely proud of that, and we're also extremely proud of the fact that there's so many of the same lads involved in both. I think I counted up 15 of the panel that's going there on Saturday was there three years ago with the football, and that's, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, we're, I can't really put even put words on it because it is a huge achievement, and particularly for, we'd say, what you might deem to be a very rural area. And, um, and that. so it, it means everything to us, and it, I hope it means everything to Sligo GA as well. And I, hope it's a t- I really genuinely hope that it's a template for other clubs to follow because I, I fervently believe that we are on the right path with the dual mandate. And when you're in the Cusick stand dressing room finally on Saturday at about a quarter to five before the players run out onto the park, do you know what you're going to say to them to finish? I, I do, Austin. I, I will be telling them about the land of heart's desire. That's Sligo, yeah? The voice of Michael Gordon, the Yeeski hurling manager, ahead of Saturday's All-Ireland Junior Club hurling final against Bally Giblin of Cork. The game is going to be televised live from five on Saturday on TG Cahar. Maybe you're going to the game, but if you're not and you can't get in front of a screen, you do have another option. Ocean FM. I doubt that there's anyone left in Eski. They're all here for this game. This Saturday, all roads from Eski lead to Crow Park. The All-Ireland Club Hurling Final. Eski of Sligo against Ballygiblin of Cork. Live from five on Ocean FM, courtesy of Shoot the Crow Sligo. Proudly supporting Sligo Hurling for the past 30 years. So be there with Ocean FM Sport this Saturday. The All-Ireland Junior Club Hurling Final. Eski against Ballygiblin. Live from Croker this Saturday from 5.